And good evening, and welcome into another edition of Gateway to Baseball Heaven. I'm your host, Daniel Shoptoff. C70 is about at C70 on Twitter. With me, as always, Tara Nichols from Birds on the Black and at Tara Wellbutt on Twitter. We are somehow, someway, still talking about a relevant St. Louis Cardinals team. The Cardinals win two out of three from the Reds, had a slight chance to sweep, but they also had a pretty decent chance of being swept too, I guess, if you want to look at it that way. Um, but win two out of three gets the Reds. Padres falling apart. The Cardinals are now one game behind the Reds and the Padres for the last spot in the wild card game. Tara, you know, here we are three weeks from the end of the season. They're still in playing meaningful baseball, which is kind of what they want to do, but man, it just, it's, it's still hard to kind of figure out how you want to feel about this team. It is. And I think in part, because it feels like such a departure from what we would want to be talking about at this point in the year to say, well, hey, they're still in it when they're also 15 games out of the division lead, right? Like, it's not exactly been uh, the kind of season where you think, yes, these games in September really matter a lot. Uh, But in terms of will they or won't they technically make the postseason and give themselves some sort of chance, uh, they're mathematically still in it. And I say mathematically because admittedly, it does not feel like this team has any business sniffing a postseason spot at this point. And this last week is kind of the perfect storm of the reasons for that, right? In terms of, yes, they could have swept the series, but they didn't. Or games that they should have won, but they lost in the ninth inning. Or games where, you know, it just... There were comments this week after, you know, the big Yadier Molina home run game that they then didn't win or, you know, whatever it is that, well, they have to win these games. And the reality is, yes, they have to win these games, but they haven't all season. They haven't won those games that you think of a postseason team. They should at least win a good number of those games where you feel like, wow, this is a really important one. They have to win this game. So a game out is kind of that late season magic that allowed for some pretty incredible Cardinals things in the past, but it's hard to still buy in to this team as a team that can get it done because as we've said all year, they don't feel like a team that has a run in them and they're going to have to come up with some sort of run to hold off the teams behind them, one of which they're playing to start this mm-hmm. week, and to continue to make up ground on the teams ahead of them, especially considering the Reds have the easiest of the schedules of the Reds, Cardinals, Padres trio that are fighting it out right now. Um, and, you know, the Cardinals still have to make up a game on them. And of course, you know, there are a million different ways to do that. But there are also a million different ways we've seen this team not do that. So the long answer to where we started is, yes, technically, they're somehow still in this race, but it doesn't feel like there's any confidence in them pulling it off at this point, like there has been maybe in years past, because the track record doesn't speak to their ability to win big games. Yeah, this is... The way you were talking, it made me think about, because we always go back to this, 2011. Um, 
And to some degree, this has a little bit of shades of that because, you know, we think about the Cardinals major run, but the Braves completely collapsed right. down the stretch. And if they had won one more game, you know, we're like, okay, that was a nice little run. And then we went home. Um, or I guess two more games, one more game, you get in the playoff game, but still, um, this kind of has that little bit of that feel of everybody's coming back to them without the whole, Oh, we're putting a run together. Like you said, you know, you keep saying you were talking about, well, they, they really need, they really have to win those games. No, they don't. <laughs> I mean, they, they're proving this, you know, and somehow they're, they're not winning these games and yet not being punished for it. They're still in contention. And so, I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to say I'm buying into this team and, and, you know, we were talking beforehand um, about how this team is probably going to stay in contention until like the last week. And it's going <laughs> to be a torment, just a torment. <laughs> and it's going to be so frustrating if they lose games to the Cubs in the last week or two. Um, and that's what keeps them out because oh, we, we've, we've, we've seen that movie and we don't really like it much. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's also it feels to be not out of the realm of possibility that they would get into that playoff game against the Dodgers who, you know, and we know what the Cardinals do to the Dodgers sometimes in the postseason, and they probably <laughs> throw Max Scherzer and the Cardinals would throw Adam Wainwright and somehow the Cardinals win two to one. And, you know, this team that has no business being there is now playing in the NLDS. Um, you know, that's kind of my, <laughs> my optimistic that's my pie in the sky thing is that oh we can win the world the wild card game um but yeah it's just but it is hard to really see how that i mean you you keep wondering if they're they're kind of hitting that high point right now you know is this as close as they're gonna get the rest of yeah. the way well i think for me two reasons for that one the biggest for me being that the last few days, they've been able to get out of the ninth inning. <laughs> mm-hmm. But they've also given up a game in the ninth inning. And there are only so many arms that they can rotate in and out of that inning. And we've seen the results of almost all of them. And all of their options have blown games at some point in the very recent past. So in my mind... <laughs> obviously this is not rocket science. It's how baseball works. You have to both score and limit the opponent scoring to win games. And we've seen this lineup struggle to score runs consistently. Although as of late, it's been a bit more regular in terms of putting together enough runs that they can win a game. Um, But then you also have the flip side of you think of teams that that can win in the postseason, even in a a wildcard game, right, as a team that that has a way to get that last out, to get those final three outs sometimes. And for the Cardinals, sometimes that blow up comes in the eighth inning and then it's it's all over from there because there's nowhere else to really go back to 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 build back up with with the offense that can go pretty ice cold. So it's it seems very annoyingly simple to say well the reason that i don't trust them to win big games is because their offense isn't good and their pitching isn't good (laughs) (laughs) but the reality is i don't trust them in big games because yes they're entirely capable of pulling something off here but more often than not when we've seen them in those moments 
in the last two weeks. I'm not even talking about the course of the season. I'm talking about what what this team is right now. When they have those opportunities, they let it slip away or, you know, kind of explode into oblivion. One of the two, one of the two. Um, so it, it's hard to imagine that the same group of players, particularly as far as the bullpen is concerned, is going to magically be less tired <laughs> yeah. when they're still having to pitch just as much because they're all there is. As we said last week, there aren't reinforcements coming. This is it. And it's hard to imagine them having this fresh sense of energy for the last couple of weeks of the season that we really haven't seen in quite a while. So it's look, it's the thing that we do as Cardinals fans in thinking, well, well, we've seen them pull off some pretty incredible mm. things before, so it can happen again. And so when the math works out and says there's still a chance, we find a way to uh, kind of buy in to those possibilities. But the other side of our brain that functions in like the real world <laughs> has seen all the ways that this can go horribly wrong. And that's where we find ourselves stuck in this, in this strange reality where the wildcard game is a total toss up right now, as far as the second team is concerned. And the Cardinals really do control their own destiny in the sense of, they absolutely have the games and the teams and the talent in place to pull it off and make it to that wildcard game. But they don't have the track record, like I said. And they <laughs> there's nothing to, there's nothing else to change, right? They are who they are. And who they are is a pretty inconsistent, a pretty 500 team. So to play better than 500, to make up the ground that they need to at this point, for the last three weeks of the season is asking them to do something that they haven't done all year. Yeah. Yeah, it is. There's no doubt about it. Um, and you know, it, it is going to be, if the Cardinals make it to the postseason, it's going to be more, I think on the fact that the Padres blew it than mm -hmm. the Cardinals won it. Um, because the Padres, I said, wait, well, is it just like a couple weeks ago? They were up like five or six, seven games, right. you know, yeah. and they've just kind of hit the skids completely and head injuries and things of that nature. And they've got a terrible schedule left where they play the Giants two or three times, and the Dodgers and the Cardinals, and they don't play anybody. That's easy. I play the Braves <laughs> in there. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> whereas, like you said, the Reds have nine of their last 19 against Pittsburgh. So, yeah, no, that's a little different. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I, I don't know. I can't. Of course, you know, they get your hooks in you and you start mm -hmm. thinking and you start. But, you know, it's the Cardinals have obviously switched their closer, which is what you do if you're going to win the World <laughs> Series and you switch your closer it's in true. September. I mean, it's true. just it's fact. 2006, 2011. This is what you do. Um <laughs> He really did. I think if you were, if I had to point to something, I would, as you said, I would point to the offense um, because I think that's what we've seen struggled the most consistently, even over the last couple of weeks. Um, yeah. TJ McFarland had a rough outing against the, uh, the Reds on, on Friday night. He was kind of due for one, you know, I mean, he's gone, what, 18, 19 scoreless innings before then. And if it wasn't a two, two game, it probably wouldn't mattered. 
Um, but it was. I mean, the Cardinals just didn't score. Today, Nolan Arenado hits a two-run home run in the first inning, and I doubt anybody thought that was going to completely stand up. Um, <laughs> it did. And, yeah. you know, and, and, and you get that. I mean, we've seen John Lester pitch better. Um, you know, Jay half kind of hit, hit a bump, but obviously looked better today. And it feels like to me, and maybe I'm just comparing it to the bloodbath that was June in the bullpen, but the bullpen feels a lot more reliable than it did. Maybe it's because we don't see, you know, the, we've seen some different arms out there. We're not seeing, you know, and they don't have to pitch seven innings a game mm-hmm. because Carlos Martinez or Juan Oyan Oviedo have left so early. Yeah. Um, that may be the biggest thing. Yeah, I do think there is something to that. I think my issue with the bullpen at this point is just that um, even those arms that, yeah, McFarland Garcia have looked pretty good in the innings that they've been given. Mm-hmm. They've had their their like you said bumps along the way, but I I, I still feel very uncomfortable with Cabrera when yeah, he comes into a close yeah. game. I, I still, at this point, feel very uncertain about Alex Reyes whenever there's an opportunity to get him into the game. Just because, at this point, I'm not sure he even knows how to pull things back to a place of, of some sort of consistency. Although, mm-hmm. let's be real, the walks have been a problem all year. That's not a new thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, as far as Gallegos is concerned, I'm, I'm thrilled that he's been able to slide an inning down and and get some of those saves, but we've also seen him be, you know, part of some of those complete late game meltdowns. So the bullpen as a whole, you're right, has felt a little more stable. We're not seeing the same names. We're not seeing Ponce de Leon. We're not seeing Andrew Miller. We're not seeing, uh, you know, a number of those guys that were John Gant, right? We're not right, seeing a lot right. of those guys that were a part of the chaos early in the season, but there the the <laughs> at that point the eighth and ninth were pretty solid <laughs> yeah. if you could get to the eighth and ninth you felt pretty good about it so it's it's sort of just the reverse of that issue that we saw earlier in the year and to the credit of Hap and of Lester look I said last week I didn't think that those additions actually made this team better. All they mm-hmm. did was kind of maintain the status quo. And I think I still I still stand by that. But those guys are have this last week, their last starts have maybe played a little above their expectation in terms of going deeper into games, which they haven't done a whole lot of, not just with the Cardinals, but this season. Um, and, you know, keeping hitters a little more off balance and, and keeping the team in the game and shortening the game for the, the bullpen so that you have the ability to mix McFarland or Garcia into a different inning than you had when they were only going, you know, four and two thirds or five innings. So lots of credit to Lester and Hap for stepping into that role and, and finding something, maybe credit the pitching staff, uh, the, the coaching staff as well for helping them change something from what they were doing earlier in the season to give themselves a little bit more longevity. I certainly think that helps. I think that that has been a part of what has allowed maybe a little less stress on those three guys that were kind of responsible for the end of games for a while there. Um, And it gives Mike Schulte a little bit more breathing room with those bullpen arms because there aren't really many more 
down there that you feel super confident. And I know last week, last week we talked about Cody Whitley and we talked about the fact that Ponce de Leon just kind of doesn't exist <laughs> in the bullpen <laughs> anymore other than on paper. Um, but there's a, a core group of about five arms that we see consistently. And, and that worries me to the extent that we've seen them wear out that pattern before, <laughs> but the starting pitching doing what it has in the absence of Jack Flaherty, in the absence of KK being in the rotation, in the, uh, you know, I think uh, also, you know, we got to talk about Miles Michaelis. Not that he's been mm-hmm. flawless, but he's a fresher arm than the Cardinals had available otherwise. We might be seeing a Ponce de Leon or, you know, somebody else in that rotation, KK having to stay in the rotation if Miles Michaelis wasn't available and ready to come in and pitch. So, it's a weird scenario. It's been a weird dynamic with the the pitching staff all season because of the number of injuries, um, but also just because of the inconsistency, because of the walks, because of the the volatility of a bullpen kind of by nature, but maybe this year even a little exaggerated, that makes it feel so important to get those starts from Lester and Hap, not just from Adam Wainwright, um, so that you do have that flexibility of moving those bullpen arms around as far as the inning they pitch in um, as it, it makes the most sense instead of just sort of sticking to the formula, knowing that it isn't good and it's not working, but you don't have any other choice. Yeah. It's a little bit interesting that you know, now we're starting to see a more established, a more, you know, a deeper rotation. You know, we saw Lester go seven. We've seen, of course, Adam Wainwright does that on a daily basis, it feels like. Um, and then some of the other guys have gone five to six. And yet, somehow, we're starting to stock the bullpen with multi-inning guys, right? Yeah. Uh, you've got KK, who's out there, who should be able to go to multiples. Alex Reyes is now in that role, and Dakota Hudson may be back for that in the next week or so. It makes it interesting to see how all these pieces kind of work together. Yeah, the Dakota Hudson thing is really interesting to me because it feels a little bit like, oh, a couple of different things. It feels a little bit like when Carlos Martinez came back from an injury and they were like, no, it's, it'll be fine. He's probably going to be a bullpen arm. And it was like, nah. <laughs> is that is that actually a good plan? Um, it feels a little bit like a couple of the times when Michael Waka came back late in a year and they were like, it's fine. He's going to be great out of the bullpen. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's just such an uncertainty as far as what he really will bring to the table that it, it scares me a little bit. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. But he is a fresher arm, obviously, than somebody who's been throwing all season. And uh, yeah, different look, uh, different pitches, <laughs> different pace of play <laughs> if we want to <laughs> slow things down <laughs> uh, dramatically. <laughs> Welcome back, Dakota Hudson. Uh, but it is interesting. And I think that, you know, in a, a strange way, I don't know that they would have tried to get him back in the mix this season if it weren't a situation where they're a game out of the wild card and running out of arms to cover innings that are any sort of reliable. So it's kind of, I said there weren't reinforcements coming. Well, maybe there are in, in Dakota Hudson and and you see what you get there. It, like I said, it scares me a little bit just because of the unknown, but um, the the reality, the known, is not any less scary most nights. So um, it would be great to see him become a, a piece that can 
just provide you almost just another option, right? So that you don't feel locked in, so that Mike Schilt doesn't feel locked in to what he knows hasn't been working anyway, that there is another choice that gives you perhaps a better chance than going to the same thing that hasn't been working over and over again. Yeah. Um, I do think they'd probably, even with, even if they were out of it, they probably bring, they probably with different motivation, they probably bring Hudson in just to Mm, see what they have for next year to some degree, if he was ready. In fact, I would probably prefer that that than bringing him in to a, playoff race well Um, i think i think what you just said tells the story right in in the scenario they would prefer that doesn't require an extra arm they just (laughs) want to see what he has but instead they're like no look it's great we've got we've got this extra extra pitcher available he's gonna be great when the the truth is we're not really sure what he has we'll find out (laughs) i i am i'm not necessarily one that has been overly or enamored with Dakota Hudson mm-hmm. ever, mainly because it feels like he's doing a little bit of smoke and mirrors and eventually that catches up with people. Um, that said, you're right. I mean, he is an arm. No, it's going to be interesting to say, you know, is he a guy that, you know, can throw one or two innings? Is he a guy that can go two or three times a week? Or is he a guy that they're going to throw out there just like, you know, if he comes, I mean, cause it looks like he comes back with like, you know, 10 to 12 games left. Is he going to get like two appearances? And this is a whole lot of nothing. You know what I'm saying? Um, I don't know. We'll see how that goes. It's also going to require a a 40 man move along with a 26 man move or 28 man move, I guess right now, um, which could be interesting because there's not necessarily an obvious choice there. I don't Mm -hmm. think, I mean, I think most of us would pick Daniel Ponce de Leon, but he has no, I mean, I can't see them letting him go. Um, right. So I don't know. That's, that's the kind of thing that I always like, Oh, what are they going to do? And then it's like, Oh, guess what? Somebody got hurt. You know, <laughs> that just must take care of that. You know, uh-huh. or, uh, it's never as dramatic as you think it will be, but still something to, to consider, I guess. But uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I do think that, that the more the starters go, that the better the bullpen is. And that's, that's what we're seeing. Um, if they can just get some runs to go, you know, have a lead to protect, then it'd be all right. But mm-hmm. is this offense still, you know, if, if it was only as easy as it, Nolan Arenado makes it sound right. Because Friday night he goes, man, I'm not doing my job. And then so Saturday and Sunday he hits game winning home runs. I wish it was that. E- I wish it was easy that easy to do my job, you yep. know, and just say, "Hey, I'm I'm doing terrible. I'm going to do better now." And boom, <laughs> it's done. You know, um, and maybe everybody needs to talk to Nolan. Maybe, yeah, or to Nolan's sports psychologist or whoever yeah. <laughs> it is that he talks to. Uh, no, you know, I think there's a, a there's something to a player of Nolan's caliber. Not that it. And I don't say this, I guess, to take away from anyone who (laughs) can't just flip a switch, right? (laughs) But there is something to the elites in the game, right? Who can say, yeah, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing what I need to be doing. And I know I'm capable of it. So I need to get back to whatever it was that was allowing me to be successful before. There's something to people who can do that, that tend to be the elites in their sport or, or in their field. And, you know, I think, 
I had just been having a conversation about the fact that we've talked about this earlier in the year, but I think even to this point in the season, Nolan doesn't really have those classic sealed in Cardinals history game winning kind of memories yet. And I think that to some degree it's because those moments get lost when the game is lost. Right. So mm-hmm. much like Yadier Molina's big two run Homer against the Dodgers uh, that then I believe it was against the Dodgers, um, but maybe it was against the, yeah, maybe it was against the, <laughs> the, the loss against the Reds. I, I don't remember, which I, exactly is the point is that he came around right. the bases, jumping around, mm-hmm. hollering, looking like he just won the world series on a walk-off. I don't even remember what game it was yeah. because at the end of the night they lost. And I think the same is true for a lot of the Nolan Arenado moments that have happened. It's not that they haven't happened. I know that, you know, according to his own comments, <laughs> they haven't happened as often as he would have liked for them to, at least mm-hmm. in the, the last stretch of games. But all too often, the the stellar moments, the big plays, even defensively, we end up forgetting the moment because the game ended up not really mattering in terms of climbing up the standings even you know last week we were talking about the incredible paul goldschmidt snag on the liner now i remember it happening because i've talked about it three or four times (laughs) since then but that ended up not really mattering in the grand scheme of things because of the alex reyes meltdown right which it wasn't really the alex reyes meltdown it was the meltdown of the two guys ahead of him that but nonetheless (laughs) he's the one that gave up the walk-off grand slam last week so my point is it's great to see Arenado have a moment like that again he hit that big home run um on uh Saturday night where you know the go-ahead homer the Cardinals ended up winning the game it was one of the few come from behind (laughs) kind of wins they have this season and we remember that but would we have remembered two weeks from now his reaction, the intensity of the emotion, the way that, you know, the night before he said he wasn't doing his job and the next night he comes out and hits a two-run homer that wins the game, (laughs) it doesn't have the same impact. So I think part of the reason he doesn't have those, uh, you know, sealed permanent memories with Cardinals fans yet is because they haven't come in very many wins. So it's good to see him have those moments. Like you said earlier, I I had no reason to believe that uh, an early two run homer on Sunday was going to hold up for the duration of the game. (laughs) Um, So once again, I was like, well, that's nice for him, but you know, it's probably not, probably not going to be one that, uh, that goes down in Cardinals lore. (laughs) Um, But props to him for, like I said, flipping the switch the way that very few can and whatever that means, whether it's going back to something he knows as a mental cue or just reevaluating his physical cues or if, I don't know, maybe you just focus harder. <laughs> it just it's not something that I've ever experienced myself on that level. So I, I couldn't really tell you what that what that uh, change is. Um, but to see him make that change and have immediate results, which I mean, who knows if it, there's probably not a way to tell that there's a direct connection to him going, ah, I just need to play better and then immediately playing better. But it, it feels that way. Yeah. <laughs> and kudos to him for, for 
saying that publicly, recognizing it, doing whatever he did, having a couple of good days, and then to the team for allowing us to actually remember those moments <laughs> because they came in Cardinals victories rather than devastating losses. Yeah, and this is, uh, to be fair, this is not a new phenomenon. I think about this in relation to the other new, maybe some other news from this week is that Ted, Will Ted Williams, no, not quite, <laughs> Ted Simmons made it into the Hall of Fame. You know, finally got inducted. He'd been lectured a bit, but they finally did induction strangely on a Wednesday afternoon, but right. that's another <laughs> way to go MLB. Yeah, sure. Um, but part of the problem with Ted Simmons, again, not a guy that has resonated with me because it was before my time and he didn't get to play on good teams. You know, um, they didn't make the playoffs while he was there. And it's kind of it's similarly to Ray Langford, who played through the 90s when they were not that great. The best player on a bad Cardinal stretch of teams doesn't get the same, you know, halo effect, right. if you will. Yeah. Um, you know, Ted Simmons was miles better than John Jay. But John Jay played on the 2011 game. Right. And John Jay, you know, I mean, I'm sure that, and again, I'm speaking out of a guy that doesn't necessarily know all of Ted Simmons' career and stuff. But, you know, for a Hall of Fame career, might not have had a moment like Adron Chambers scampering home. Yeah. You know, a guy that played in what, like 15 games maybe mm -hmm. in his entire career. It's, it's all about when it happens and what the import of the moments are um so yeah i mean i can think of a number of great plays that nolan arenado made i couldn't tell you which game they were in right um you know i can think of the home runs this weekend because they're here you know are we going to think of these home runs even if they make the playoffs we're going to think of these home runs when we're you know next february mm -hmm. we're getting ready for another season I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. You know, I think we'll remember the one for the home opener just because it was the home opener. Um, we're we're kind of, you know, short memory, short term memory to some degree, anyway. But <laughs> you know, not a lot of these games have run together because of the blotness of it, and they and the not getting the wins. So yeah, I you know I think that's that is part of why some people have been slightly disappointed with Nolan Arenado. I you know I. I expectations being what they are, I guess that's part of it. Right. Um, but you know, it's like, okay, you look up and all of a sudden, Oh, it's 30 home runs and it's, you know, almost hundred RBI, but what are the, you know, what, what won a game, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. I mean, you know, hard, hard to nicely tie that down quite as much, but um, who knows? Uh, Cardinals have three with the Mets this week. Uh, finally get an off day. And then they have three with the Padres who again, struggling, I mean, it's very possible that by the time we speak next week, the Cardinals are in the wild card picture. I mean, literally, you know, the season ended today kind of thing. Um, <laughs> it's also possible that the Cardinals will be very likely <laughs> to be eliminated from the division this week. They're only a magic number for Milwaukee to eliminate. Both the Reds and the Cardinals, I think, is five. Um, and we were talking about this for the the show that that's very early for a Cardinals team to be eliminated from the division They're not eliminated from the postseason contention, but to know by September 
18th, perhaps, that you're not winning the division, it's a little bit of a different situation for the Cardinals. Yeah, it's not ideal. <laughs> um, and I think, you know, as we were talking, it's a it's strange when the thing that we're still talking about as far as some level of excitement, some level of, you know, interest in what happens in the next couple of weeks is tied to will they get the last actual spot <laughs> in the postseason? Not are they in a race for the division? Um, and look, you can't win the division every year unless maybe you're the Dodgers, Dodgers, but this is Sears in question. So we'll see what ends up happening there. Uh, Maybe not even the Dodgers can win the division every single year. Um, But it's, it should be the goal. It should be something that, that feels more attainable than 15 games back and eliminated early in September. So um, I guess mid September now it's going by so quickly, but nonetheless, it's, it's a strange place to see the Cardinals in, but, I also think that we have to kind of just acknowledge the Brewers are way better than most people thought they were going to be. You know, we knew that they would be relevant. We knew they'd be competitive. Uh, They made some really uh, almost instantaneous moves, which is not a new thing for them, but they immediate to discovering a problem, whether it was health or otherwise, they made a move to fix it. And, you know, I don't know that it's enough to, (laughs) start a, a trend of of that sort of quick moves but it it is telling to see that this was a team that decided very uh deliberately to fix what was wrong and make sure that as regularly as possible they had the best team available to them on the field every night and um also you know of course uh colton wong so that's yeah. there's that <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty much the whole difference right there yeah. if you really boil down to it. So, um, yeah, I just, you know, again, it wouldn't have made a day of difference. It doesn't look like in the division. Um, it might make a difference as it comes down to the end. You just, I mean, we're going to continue to wonder about what would have happened in June if the Cardinals had made a move like the Brewers made, mm-hmm. you know, um, and to get, not, not to get a Max Scherzer, but to get a J.A. Happ. Or, right. or a Jay Happ, sorry, I thought I said that wrong. Um, or a, a John Lester or somebody like that that just would have, you know, put their finger in the dike, you know, if, you know, and, and, and Blake, the, you know, held the held the water back. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, but yeah, it really is remarkable what the Brewers have done this year. Um, and, you know, they are... And, you, and if you had said this at the beginning of the year and you're going to, and, and you're saying the Brewers are going to win the division. Okay. The Brewers are going to win the division by multiple, you know, by double digits. <laughs> okay. That's like, the Brewers are going to win the division by double digits and Christian Yelich is not going to be really a factor. Mm-hmm. Nobody would have, nobody would have gone with that. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, that just wouldn't well, have mattered. Look, I mean, I don't know what their secret sauce is with their pitching right now, but mm-hmm. it's better than it's ever been. And the way that they have found the right approach and the right use for each of those guys, man, it's it's just from a, a baseball perspective, it's impossible not to look at what they've done and, and really, you know, be impressed by the season that they've put together. I, I said to my husband last night after they completed a combined no hitter uh, I said you know I don't know that the Brewers are the best team in baseball right now 
but I would not in the least be surprised if they made a run all the way to the World Series because they're a team that I think can beat any team in baseball on any given night. They may not have the most combined talent. They may not have, you know, the consistency of long winning streaks or whatever, but they have enough to find a way to win on any given Mm -hmm. night. And that's, you know, when you look at teams that maybe beat the best team in baseball in the playoffs, it's, it's teams like that that can grind it out when they need to, that can blow you away when everything's clicking. And, you know, they're, they're that kind of team this season. And it's um, having only seen them a handful of times compared to what we're going to see in the next two weeks. Yeah, you you understand when you watch them play, you understand why that the, why they have a 15 game lead over the Cardinals in the division. And to be clear, 15 game lead over the Cardinals, the Reds still have uh, a game up on on the Cardinals in the division as well. So weird place for the Cardinals to land at this point in the season, but a tip of the cap to everything that the Brewers have put together for sure. Yeah, I mean, and if the Cardinals don't make the playoffs or once they are out of the playoffs, if the Brewers are still there, I think um, I mean, some fans, not so much, but I don't, I think there's a lot of, of a contingent that would still be rooting for the Brewers just because of, of how they've put things together and because they have Colton Wong. <laughs> I was going to say and Colton yeah, Wong. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a big key of it right there. So anyway, uh, a big week, a big week for the Cardinals. They have always seemed to be big weeks, even because uh, we keep saying, well, this this did it for them, and you know they're out of it, and they're not. You know, all of a sudden, if they can flip the script a little bit, you know, who knows what we're talking about next week? Probably still trying to figure out how they're going to tear us apart in the last two weeks. But <laughs> you know, I'd rather that than you know having nothing to talk about at all. So I guess that's that's good. So until next week, that is Tara. I'm Daniel. Good night. Hey, Cardinals fans! Thanks for listening to this week's show. If you liked what you heard, you can find us on iTunes. Just search Gateway to Baseball Heaven under Podcasts and click subscribe. While you're there, feel free to give us five of those little gold stars or even a quick review. And tune in next time as we break down another week in Baseball Heaven.